Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut! Hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Game Managers. I am your host, Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Justin Knight. Oh, how's it going? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday! It's going very well. Now, for those who are listening uh, for a while, you may have noticed that our intro slightly changed, uh, the the music intro. Uh, We've now been added to WJLX 101.5 FM in the intro. That's because it's been picked up by a local radio station, be appearing on that station, 101.5 Every Sunday at 6 p.m. starting next Sunday, February 13th. Um, so if you're in the Jasper area, Jasper, Alabama area, you can tune into that on the radio. If you're not, don't worry about it. It's still going to be posted every week on the same podcast feed like it always has. So That's right. wherever you're listening to, you'll still hear it there, uh, as well as on the WJLX 101.5 FM app. Hey, uh, exciting news, right? We finally made Yeah, very it. exciting. Yeah, we're looking forward to it, so... Uh, because we are transitioning this show onto radio, we do have we did have to tweak some things. Uh, it's going to be more structured, a little less loosey goosey as it has been probably in the past. Um, and we're moving some segments around, dropping some segments, picking up other segments. So uh, just something to keep the episodes into a tight hour. So we just want this to last one hour. But uh, yeah, exciting. Uh, gives us some opportunities to maybe branch out a little, maybe uh, add some more listeners. So. We're jazzed, aren't we, Justin? We're so yeah, jazzed. I mean, yeah, we're feeling great. It's, yeah. a, it's beautiful. We're ready. All right. Well, now that that is all out of the way, we need to get into the news of the week. Justin, this was a big news week, unfortunately. We do have to start out with some rather sad news, though. Uh, and I just saw this this morning right before we started recording. Uh, former Alabama running back Santonio Beard tragically passed away on Saturday. He was only oh, well. 41. Yeah, very young. Uh, details about his death have not been shared at this time, but he did play from 2000 to 02 with the Tide, recorded uh, a little over 1,500 total yards, 16 touchdowns. Uh, his most productive game, of course, was against Old Miss in 02 when he found the end zone five times. So this is you know tragic news. He'll mm-hmm. be missed by family, friends, fans. It's, yeah, this is very, very unfortunate and unexpected, it seems. Yep. Well, there's no way to transition out of sad news into good news, but we're going to, I guess, try to anyway. Uh, Tom Brady, he officially retired this week. Greatest quarterback of all time, probably. It's good news yeah, for everybody, right? So. Nobody has to compete <laughs> against him anymore. Everybody but the Bucks. Not good news yeah. for them, is it? Uh, so he hangs it up after 22 years, 20 with the Patriots, 2 with the Bucks, of course. He won 7 Super Bowl rings, 5 MVPs in the Super Bowl, set the NFL record for most career touchdowns, passes, 624 passing yards with a little over 84,000. But do you want to hear what I think is his most interesting stat, Justin? What we got? Well, this one isn't one he brags about too much, but he actually lists second on the all-time list for most receiving yards after turning 40 with this. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> with six yards. Above him, Jerry Rice with 2,169 yards. And below him, in third, Brett Favre with negative two. So, 
Good on Brady yeah, I mean, for being in the positive. Yeah, that's a pretty good stat. I mean, wide receivers are not playing in the 40s. I mean, Jerry Rice was a freak of nature anyways, so you're not going to see any other wide receivers playing in their 40s. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. I didn't. I saw that yesterday, too. That was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, speaking of the NFL, former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores, who was oddly fired at the end of the season after winning seven straight late in the season to uh, finish with a winning 9-8 record, has made headlines this week when he filed a class-action lawsuit against the NFL and the Dolphins, Broncos, and Giants, uh, accusing them of racial discrimination in the interview process, incentivizing losses, and pressure to uh, improperly recruit players. Now, the NFL immediately denied these allegations, but like in a couple days, they changed its tune. Uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell sent a letter to uh, NFL teams addressing the matter, basically saying, yeah, look, this did go on. I looked into it. Yeah, it was 100% did happen, and it's unacceptable. It's essentially uh, kind of what the letter said there. Um, so soon after, Brown's former head coach, Hugh Jackson, suggested that he was also encouraged to lose games during the 2019 season. This is kind of interesting because at first he alludes that he was paid as well, like Flores, to lose. He, and uh, But a couple days later, he comes out and says, oh, well, I wasn't paid, but they wanted me to lose. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, when you start yeah. saying something like that, it's like, well, let me, you know, I sucked when I was with the Browns. Um, let me kind of jump on the bandwagon here and just say, I was paid to, well, no, I wasn't, but I was, hey, you should lose. Yeah, sounds like yeah. a lot of baloney to me. To be fair, I'm sure they told him to lose. Probably. <laughs> everybody, everybody knew yeah. they were, he was going to to get better draft picks. Um, that shouldn't be a strategy, but sometimes it is. Uh, they could have told him to lose, so they wanted him out of there. Uh, for whatever reason, yeah, I believe they probably did encourage him to lose. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if maybe they didn't pay him or if he was telling the truth the first time and they paid him off recently and said, shut up, <laughs> I'll give you hey, some more money. Yeah, here's a million dollars. Yeah, could be either way. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, that's something we'll keep an eye on that's going to continue uh, to go out, including that, that law case throughout the year unless they sell it out of court. I don't know that that will happen. So, um, But speaking of the NFL, Jim Harbaugh interviewed for the Minnesota Vikings head coaching position on National Signing Day of all days, mm. Justin. Uh, what a great reportedly, coach. Yeah, <laughs> reportedly, Harbaugh went to the interview expecting to be offered the job, but after nine hours of meeting, he was not made an offer. Uh, after the meeting, he called Michigan, told them that this was a one-time deal. He is committed to Michigan. A couple days uh -huh. later, he said that this is the last time he would chase an NFL gig, which yeah. to me, that's a very empty statement because he's basically saying, I'm not going to go looking for one, but if one's offered to me, yeah, probably. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. This I, is bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is not Especially good. when you're expecting a job. I mean, I think uh, he was expected to get some kind of NFL job if it was, you know, Raiders, Dolphins, Vikings, one of those three teams. Um, and you meet nine hours. It's almost like a slap in the face. It's like, hey, we're going to meet with this guy for nine hours. We know we're not going to offer him the job. We're just going to kind of screw with him. Maybe, you know, have a nice lunch. Heck, you probably have lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner in there while you're there for nine hours. But um, That's a yeah, long and, time. And to do it, you know, with all the recruiting going on and you're just kind of like yeah we'll throw that to the side but then hey michigan i'm back so we can be back to how we usually do and just be average because last year that ain't gonna happen again that's like the outlier of his coaching career in, in at michigan it's been average below average oh 
playoffs, and then it's going to be back to how it usually is. Yeah, and I don't think that uh, that anybody would have been upset, you know, outside of maybe Michigan fans, had he interviewed for this job the day after National Signing Day. Oh, like, can yeah. you not put it off one day? Like this is one. Of, this know, is probably yeah. the biggest, one of the the two three biggest days of the year recruiting in the off season. You don't want to you don't want to be there for that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he. I feel like he's always had some kind of. I know he says and tries to act like he's committed. But I feel like he's always kind of had some kind of commitment issues. Yeah, yeah, and maybe so. Or, yeah, I mean, or a hundred percent. You know, I feel like he hasn't been a hundred percent, and you know, invested in it. Because I mean, look at it for the playoffs. You know, it feels like he was invested for the majority of the season. Then the playoffs come around. And he's like, oh, you know, we really weren't prepared. And it is what it is. Yeah. Well, we do have to move on, but we are going to keep an eye on that too. Uh, like I said, I don't think he'll take a job now, but. You know, in a year or two, maybe he does. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have hired Doug Peterson as their new head coach. Peterson, of course, won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. In his five seasons there, he went 42-37-1 and and made three playoff appearances. Uh, yeah, and to I wrap mean, up NFL news, uh, go ahead. A decent hire. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, we'll see. Some fans aren't too happy about it. I think it's a mixed bag, but he won a Super Bowl, didn't he? So. Yeah. Uh, to wrap up NFL news, we finally learned Washington football team's new name. The Washington Commanders. Are you excited, Justin, to see the commies and their signature red and yellow this coming year? <laughs> uh, no, those. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think you saw the jerseys too, but uh, I don't know. The jerseys. It almost looks like an XFL team, or like an arena football team. It's, it's it's too modern. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, you might as well call them the Washington Communists while we're at it, um, <laughs> with their colors and their. Their name, commies. <laughs> <In> their name. <laughs> but, I don't know, there, there was so many better names to choose from. It was the same thing, like when the Cleveland Indians changed their names to the Cleveland Guardians. I mean, yeah, it's it's, just... I'm, I'm totally okay with any team changing their name. I don't think that, I, I don't care, if, most teams I think don't have good names. But maybe if you have the opportunity to change it, do something cool with it. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> do something most, cool. Yeah. Yeah, not the most XFL generic thing in the world. I mean, so you're the Washington Redskins, and then you change to so then you're Wash. Honestly, Washington football team was probably better than Washington Commanders. At least um, it was different. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's it sounds like a generic but like old timey Washington football team. You know, um, yeah. It kind of it grew on me, but now the Washington Commanders. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's like an arena football team. I, I don't like it. it yeah. Uh, as stated earlier, though, National Signing Day was this week, and for the first time, Texas A&M finished with the top class for the coming season, signing uh, five stars on National Signing Day. I'm sorry, adding uh, five stars, Shamar Stewart and Jacoby Matthews. So, uh, good day for them. Alabama was right behind a second-rated class, adding three-star Louisiana tight end Danny Lewis to the class, uh, grabbing him over LSU, despite the video of him dancing with Brian <laughs> Kelly. But things did not go very well for Auburn Tigers, who failed to add a recruit on National Signing Day. And this is when Harson's, uh, head coach Brown Harson's seat started getting a bit warm. We're going to talk about that later in detail. It's going to be our main topic of the episode, so I'll, stick around for that. I'll, I'll say something, too, about Jimbo Fisher. I know he's brought it up in his press conference. But if there was no NIL deals, he wouldn't be where he is right now. I'll just go ahead and say that. Yeah, yeah. And... I think he's aware of that. He just doesn't like to be criticized for it. <laughs> no. I mean, uh, the, yeah. yeah, that's the only reason they have a number one recruiting class. Let's be real. Yeah. You know, they have they have the money to throw out to their players now. So, 
Yeah. Sadly, that's just how it's going to be. It is. It is. Uh, Harse and Jimbo uh, and Harbaugh, not the only ones to face controversy this week, though. Alabama's defense coordinator, Pete Golding, was arrested hmm. in Northport, Alabama, around 1.30 a.m. on Thursday morning for a DUI. I guess he was celebrating the recruiting class. Uh, <laughs> his mugshot's brutal. Have you seen it, Justin? I mean, he's already, let's be honest, I mean, he's already kind of goofy looking to begin with. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, and what's funny, too, is it always seems like when something happens to Alabama like this, it's always in the background because there's, there's something else going on with Harsing and all the drama with that. So this, it's almost not even being talked about. It's oh, yeah, just, we, had uh, one, we had one day to look at it, and then everything else got yeah. in front of it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what the discipline is for that as being a defensive coordinator. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. what I'll Probably not, probably a little slap on the wrist. No, you're fine. Saban, coach. Saban typically, um, he gives guys other chances. Yeah, so he does. So, I don't, I don't know. Uh, there's nothing said or reports that he's going to get fired right now. But, you know, this doesn't help his case, does it? Uh, no. And to wrap up news for this week, Auburn beat Alabama in basketball 100-81 to on Tuesday before turning around, edging out Georgia 74-72 to in a score. Uh, and the Tigers are now 22-1 and on the season. Very good start for yeah, Auburn. Yeah, um, love the Alabama game. Uh, good way to finish the season series there. Uh, but yesterday was uh, pretty scary. Uh, first half was good. Second half... Um, just didn't shoot the ball well, and then uh, it hurt. Didn't have uh, Zep Jasper out there, so you know um, you survive in advance. That that's how it is in basketball. You just doesn't really matter how you went. You win. You I mean it's tough playing on the road. We've said that before. Um, so another su- successful uh, week, but um, Tuesday at Arkansas, I think that could be the one where we finally lose. You know, first SEC game. So that one's going to be pretty tough. Well, it, I mean, it seems likely the streak's got to end sometime. So that's true. And uh, you always you I, need a good loss at some point, especially in basketball, to kind of keep because you start winning too much, maybe your ego gets you know a little too high, um, maybe you get a little too comfortable. Um, it's always good to have a good loss to kind of set things straight to say, okay, hey, this is what we need to work on. Let's look at that for next game. Yeah, find your weaknesses before when it really matters. Yep. Uh, Alabama had to turn around from that brutal loss to Auburn and play fifth-ranked Kentucky on Saturday, only to lose in embarrassing fashion, 66-55 to at home. That is the biggest uh, uh, loss by points in at home in the Oates era. Um, I oh, say I embarrassing that. because they were 3-for-30 from the three-point mm. line, as you pointed out to me, Justin. Uh, 10% rate. That was the worst mm-hmm. under Oates and tied for second-worst in Division One this season for teams with at least 30 attempts. Todd was also 28.1% from the field. That's the worst field goal percentage from Alabama in 11 years. Yeah, so, um, you know, I brought this stat up to you as well. I think that they're eighth in the country in three-pointers taken a game, but they rank 290th in three-point percentage in the country. So, you know, I mean, you got to be aware of how your team's performing. So you would think at some point, okay, look, Three points just not. I know that that's Nate's Oates. That's kind of his go. It's the three point shot and play good defense. They had the great defense. They finally they played great defense against a great Kentucky team, but they could not shoot the ball to save their lives. Like um, Shackelford and uh, 
Quinterly, I think they combined for like, I don't even know if they made a three or not the whole game. Um, well, not many people did. <laughs> no. Um, and they had both played great against Auburn. They shot lights out against Auburn. They combined for like 46 points the other night, and then you know they came back down to earth. But see, with those two guys, you don't really expect that any night. I mean, you expect at least one of them to have a decent night, and both of them had an off night. Um, see, that one I think was pretty frustrating for Alabama fans just because they had the defense that they'd been wanting all season, but then they just couldn't make a shot to save their lives. So, yeah, and like, probably, like we've been saying, just very inconsistent. It seems like there's probably a leadership problem in that locker room as well. But yeah, because we're missing that bit. from uh, uh, Herb. What, what was it? Herb, Herb Jones last? What was it? Yeah, Herb Jones. Yes. So um, he he was a big leader on the last him and uh, John Petty. So missing those two guys, I think it's they don't really have the guys that have been there. You know, like you said, the leadership. We're going to talk a little bit more about basketball at the end of the episodes in our uh, weekly awards we're going to start doing. But um, it's not all bad news for the Tide, though, because Alabama basketball is getting a new home. The Alabama Board That's of true. Trustees voted Friday to approve stage one of the plan of a new on-campus arena. And the new venue is set to seat uh, 10,136 and will replace 54-year-old Coleman Coliseum which has a capacity of 15,000 and is a dump, so good on uh, Alabama. Uh, the Tigers are now prepping to play Arkansas on Tuesday while the Tide play at Ole Miss Wednesday. And that wraps up the sports news of the week, Justin. But we hope everyone's uh, we have everyone's favorite stories of the week coming up. Justin, it's time to get into the weird news of the week in our favorite recurring segment, Miss Managers. Hey, hey. And now it is time for Miss Managers. The headline of this article by Mashable is, Oh no, construction workers find a bunch of teeth inside a wall. Oh my gosh, that's horrifying. Wait, what? Student says she gave cookies containing grandfather's ashes to classmates. Why would you ever tell someone that? Angry Seal helps Australian police bust drug smuggling ring. Okay, I've got just a few stories for you today, Justin. I think you'll enjoy them. This one comes from the AP uh, website. The owners of a New Mexico home were doubly surprised over the weekend to find a burglar uh, in their house with an AR-15 and then to have him apologize, give them money, and leave embarrassed. Man, what? (laughs) The man had slept, bathed, dined, and had some beer at the home of the outskirts of Santa Fe before the owners returned and discovered him. Uh, he had an AR-15 scoped rifle, but didn't threaten them or take any of their jewelry or other belongings. Instead, he gave them $200 as reimbursement for the window he broke. What? Uh, the suspect, about six feet tall, in his late 20s, uh, also shared a bit of his story, telling the family he had uh, that his family had been killed in East Texas and said his car had been had broken down outside Santa Fe on the run. The homeowners told authorities that the man was extremely embarrassed and apologetic about the situation, and the suspect left the home with his duffel bag and gun, walking down a ditch. Um, yeah, the, the police came, couldn't find anyone. So I don't know oh who this mystery gosh. man is, what <laughs> happened, but um, pretty wild, to say the least. That is weird, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's a nice robber. Here's your yeah. money back for the inconvenience that I... <laughs> caused you this evening <laughs> this one comes from sky news this woman got a spam email saying she had won three million dollars we get those all the time stuff like that oh you're this week's winner this one turned out to be true though 
three billion? <laughs> three million with an N. Oh, I million. thought you said three billion. I was like, yes, yeah, so, on, yeah, you won three billion, billion dollars. You're now <laughs> one of the world's billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> Unbeknownst to Laura Spears, an email notifying her that she, uh, she had won a lottery prize of $3 million had uh, been sent to her spam folder. Um, she had bought a Mega Millions ticket on the Michigan Lottery website for a draw on uh, December 31st last year. She matched five numbers to win $1 million and managed to multiply her prize by three because she had paid for a Mega Plier. So she won $3 nice. million, nearly missed it. It just happened to click on an email in her Golly. spam folder. Yeah, see, I'd be... Well, I guess she was probably... You know, looking out for it, but even then, I mean, <laughs> you see something in your email like that. How do you even know? Because, like oh, you I said, get, you get these all the time. Yeah, I wouldn't click. I'd just be like, oh, what a delete. I wouldn't even look at it. Maybe I'd just get an old junky computer, log on there, and just see what happens. Maybe see if it's yeah. real. <laughs> and uh, for our final story, this one comes from UPI's website. A sealed copy of 1990 video game John Madden Football. I think it's the first in that series, for the Sega Genesis, sold for $480,000, setting a new world record for the highest uh, price paid for a sports video game. I guess it's worth now more because John Madden sadly passed away, but that's a lot of money for one copy of an unopened video game you're never going to (laughs) play. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just going to sit on your shelf and you just be like, oh, I have, you know, one of the copies from the first uh, Madden games. Um, It's pretty neat. I would have never thought... I mean, I don't think anybody would have thought when they were putting it together, yeah, my game's going to sell for 480000 one day. So that's insane, <laughs> yeah. though. The, people, the, the amount of money people pay for things that you can go and buy, or even back in the day, what was that? Probably like 20 30 bucks, if that. I doubt even that. Yeah, I, don't, um, me, I can try to pull it up. <laughs> Madden football original it, It's price. crazy. And for the Sega Genesis, too. I... I don't know the last time I've seen a Sega Genesis, if I've seen one in my life, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, It looks like... Here's, mm, you can get a pre-owned copy now for 11 bucks, so I can't imagine okay. it was ever expensive. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. That's insane. Well, Justin, that brings us to our main topic of the week. We need to talk about Brian Harson and all this craziness. So would you like me to kind of give a quick timeline for the listeners? I know you and I know all this, but just to refresh her since it's been a couple yeah, days. Yeah, let's, let's refresh. All right, so Auburn head coach Brian Harson, uh, he got, got on the hot seat this week. Uh, rumblings on Thursday began to spread across the internet that uh, his role as Auburn's head coach was being seriously looked into on the back of finishing the season with a losing 6-7 and seven record, losing both offensive and defensive coordinators within a matter of a few weeks, mass exodus of player, players leaving for the transfer portal this offseason, and failing to add a single recruit on National Signing Day. That was kind of the, the thing that really got them, I guess, fired up. After that, though, rumors began to emerge on the internet about a pers- possible extramarital affair with an Auburn staffer. We're not going to talk about that because uh, those are it's rumors that are completely... It's, yeah. um, they're unfounded. Um, there's there's no concrete evidence. No one of note in like the journalistic world is sharing on it. Um, this is just fans on Twitter, and we're not gonna comment on that. Despite we've had a couple emails asking us to, just because um, these are people people work their whole lives to build up their reputation. Who are we yeah. to tear it down? And, and it, it's not gonna crumble Twitter. or get torn yeah. uh, torn apart on Twitter. I mean that's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Now, if for some reason it turns out to be true, yes, we'll talk about it. Yes. But there's, it's been days. I feel like this should, if it was true, a reporter would have found evidence of that by now, yeah. and uh, they haven't. So it's things change. The same we'll stuff come back with to Bo Nix and having a son, <laughs> <laughs> which was unfounded too. But that one, we were, we were, that one, we all, we joked about a little more. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um. <clears throat> anyway, so the main thing though are those things we listed earlier. All those things kind of stacked up. Over mostly December, uh, a few of those things happened in January, and then, of course, National Signing Day. So, um, Auburn came together, and their board of trustees had a meeting on Friday morning, okay? They said that they are looking at the rumors and claims uh, across everything, trying to separate fact from fiction. And some of these claims they are talking about is uh, multiple players, former players that should be added, such as Lee Hunter, who transferred away. And Smoke Monday, who left for the NFL, uh, called out Harson for not being a personable coach. Uh, Smoke wasn't so critical of him, mostly just said, yeah, he needs to work on his people skills. But Lee Hunter tore into him, said he treated his players like dogs, other things. Yeah, and I'll say this about Lee Hunter. Um, You know, I'll really miss all the sacks and tackles that he got. Oh, wait, he'd never really played. (laughs) So... You yeah. know, it's it's always those guys you hear from is the guys that didn't really play, and they decide yeah. to transfer out. They'll go and say something. So, you know, and I'll just say many that. other current players came to the Harson's defense on social media, like a lot of them. Yeah, you know, and said this, you know, this isn't true. Uh, he is he is very personable. He's a good he's a players coach, what have you. But I think that there, you know, whenever there is a coaching transition, and you're recruited by one coach and another coach comes in. You're gonna have some disgruntled players. I, oh you yeah, know, yeah. You're gonna have some players that went. I didn't come to play for this guy. I'm not like the way he's running these things. I like the other guy. Whatever. You're gonna have disgruntled guys. Yeah. I don't think that on its face is just like firing worthy, right? No. Um, it's more of everything combined that the boosters are kind of looking at. So on Saturday, Auburn athletic director Alan Green met with a handful of veteran players to address the uncertainty around Harson's future. He told the team to continue to operate as normal, despite whatever happens. So, it seems like everybody's kind of in the dark about this right now. No decision as of time of recording, and this is 9.30 a.m. on Sunday, have been made. Um, if something happens, it seems like it would happen this weekend, and we're getting toward the end of the weekend. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't, I think this is probably some ongoing discourse between the board about this. But uh, to wrap up this timeline really fast, Justin... Uh, uh, Harson, while on vacation, I think Friday, told ESPN, I want this thing to work, and I've told our players and told everybody else there is no plan B. I'm not planning on going anywhere. And he said later on, any attack on my character is uh, BS, he said. And before seemingly calling out the boosters, he said, this place is not going to be a championship program until we change some things. You've got to let the head coach be the head coach and support him. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, n- neither of us believe he should be fired just yet, right? No. And I'll say this, you know, a couple other things. What I saw, you know, of course, we brought up the coordinator issue. Five coordinators in 14 months. Um, people familiar with the situation, uh, they're saying, you know, he alienated coaches, you know, wasn't a very personable person. Um you know, he didn't build enough relations with boosters, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, he didn't go to the Bo Jackson um, tournament, whatever that they usually have every year. I think it's, uh, yeah, Bo Jackson's tournament, and the donors are there. He didn't go to that, and so donors were upset about it. Um, 
and he, apparently he left two assistant coaches to speak in his absence. Um, I mean, that's one side of the other side is you know that he's frustrated with trying to get contract numbers finalized for assistant coaches. You know, he requested to meet with the board of trustees to address the salary pool questions, but uh, the president said that wouldn't be a good idea. So, you know, it's there's two sides to this I'm seeing right now. Um, look, and this is the issue, too. We're going to be honest. He, like they're saying, too, and what we've seen a lot of people mention, is that the dude was set up for failure the moment he accepted and agreed to be the coach of, of Auburn. Um, yeah. the boosters didn't want him. They wanted Kevin Steele. That didn't right. work out. They've wanted other guys before him, but other coaches didn't want to come here because I think even Venables made a comment saying, I didn't want to go to Auburn because my hands were going to be tied and I wouldn't be in full control. Um, so there's always been the tension between the boosters and, you know, I hadn't thought about it much, but you know, if, since he had the season, he did six and seven, of course, they're going to be all over his coattails. Um, and especially not signing about a national signing day, of course, that's a concern. I mean, that's a concern for anybody. Um, but I'm, look, if they would have beat Alabama, none of this crap would be mentioned right now. I'll go ahead and tell you that. None of this yeah. would have been brought up. And here's um, the thing also that we should say. We're not, we're not Brian Harson fanboys. Like, I don't, I don't have really much of an opinion on the guy. I think he probably can be a good coach if he's got the good things around him. And I think he very well can do that at Auburn. But I mean, I don't care if they fire him necessarily. He's not. I, I'm not. I don't know. I mean, I think that this speaks to like the boosters never being on the same page as we've always heard from throughout the program that they yeah. can't even decide if they want to keep him or not, and they've had like four days now to figure it out or whatever it's been. Yeah, the, the boosters. That's been an issue for a long time, and um, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, if he was he was fired. Whatever. I mean, I, I would be disappointed just because, you know, I don't think we've seen all that he could do. But I will say, like, and I've been talking about this for a while, I think recruiting's been a concern. Um, and, you know, I thought we looked good in December, but then to come back and not have anybody on National Signing Day in February, you know, that was very disappointing. So, you and know. It should be stated that just because you – there's a lot of teams who don't sign someone on National Signing Day. Alabama signed one player on yeah. National Signing Day, right? And I think they yeah. got a commitment from someone else. That's not unheard of. I think it's just the fact that... With everything else going on. With everything else going on. It's just to be one of the National Signing Day losers out of the Signing Day winners yeah. doesn't help. Yes, right? Yeah, so. I mean, I will say the assistant coach, you know, all that stuff going on too that could be concern. Or, you know, maybe he isn't the greatest guy to work with. I don't know. Um, or maybe, you know, like him and... Um, the former DC for Auburn. Um, maybe they just never saw eye to eye. I mean, that happens with anybody. It doesn't really matter what your character is. You may just not see eye to eye with somebody. You don't want. You don't really want to work with them. Uh, the whole situation with the offense coordinator. I feel like that's more of just he didn't really understand the commitment that was needed coaching in college, um, and you know I think he just wanted wanted something where he could spend plenty of time with his family and be able to go to work. So he, I think he figured he couldn't do that being an offense coordinator in college. Um, but, yeah, it's it definitely caught me on guard, off guard when I heard all this. Um, wasn't expecting the board of trustees to be meeting about it. Um, and then, of course, like I said, the whole rumors that flew up you know, that night as well, 
heck, could have been could have come from the board of trustees or the donors or the boosters. Who knows? Um, so you know, it's it's a whole bunch of crap right now. It's just there. A lot of people wanted to throw stuff in the fire, um, but kind of got to let it cool down and let's see what comes out of it. And like I said, I like that he's standing up for you know his character because I mean it, it's BS. You know, you got to come and defend yourself off of accusations on Twitter. You know, saying yeah, that are not being shared by anyone of mer- like journalistic merit, anything like no. that. You know, it's so it's and you know yeah, it, it does suck too that you have former players who think of you like that that have gone on to new schools or have graduated. But like it's, we've like we've been saying, he's had plenty come to his defense that are still there. I mean, he's had plenty of seniors come back, want to play another season. So you, you know how many disgruntled players Nick Saban has had. <laughs> like, oh, plenty. Like, I mean, he, he just had plenty. Anybody. I think he probably had couple this off season, you know, a couple of top talent oh, he, that's decided every to year. Yeah. transfer. Every year so, he does. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be players that have a different personality from the coach. They're like, look, I just don't gel with this guy. I don't think I'm going to be a good fit here. Let me go somewhere else. Sucks, but, you know, it, I mean, it happens. It happens more often now with how the transfer portal is. But well, um, it's just it's a lot of stuff to go through, sort through right now. And... I think he's going to still be there. I mean, I think they would have already fired him at this point. I think um, so, too. I think it, like I said, it really helped that he did that interview with ESPN, just kind of try to set some things straight. But, look, if he if he's going to have the same season this coming year, he's gone. Let's be honest. If he's 6-7 and seven again, he ain't coming back. So And, yeah, and Auburn's not expected to just be great next year. I mean, they're no. – Going to be expected to probably finish sixth or seventh in the West. I mean, there, isn't there Which, not? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and I think the boosters are happy about that, too. Like, look, we don't have to fire him right now. He's probably going <laughs> to – he has a good chance of having the same season or possibly worse. Then we'll we'll fire him then. Well, fansided.com has listed three possible replacements if Harson is pushed out. Tell me what you think of these, all right? Oh, gosh. Keep in mind. You know, we're getting into the off season. There's not a lot of guys left out there that's not been picked up by someone else, right? So, yep. uh, SMU head coach and former offensive coordinator Rhett Lashley. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, maybe. He's more of the more. He's not their A guy though, right? He's not who they're going after. He's who they would probably have to. No, but I will say it's very impressive what he did with Miami and SMU when he was the coordinator there a few years ago. Yeah, uh, Carolina Panthers head coach Matt Rule. Okay, yeah. But I don't know why he'd take it Well, he just wants to get back into college. Yeah, you know, there were rumors earlier in the season that he wasn't fully committed to being an NFL coach and that he wanted to go back to college, so I think that could be why. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the most likely defensive coordinator for Miami Hurricanes, former Auburn defensive coordinator Kevin Steele, who the Boosters supposedly wanted over Harson to begin with, but maybe the fans didn't. Uh, what do you think about that one? Um. You know, I was honestly fine with Kevin Steele when that was being talked about. Um, but I don't even think Kevin Steele would come back, especially with how the fans, you know, crapped on him and everything. So I don't know if he'd want to come back or not, or if he'd, he'd want to just to be like, huh, you know, I told you I told you I'd get this job. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, before I thought Kevin Steele was probably would have been a, a pretty good hire. I think I've almost soured on him a little. Um, but yeah, if they hired him, whatever, that's fine. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I'll say this too, you know, you fire a coach 
after this one season, I think it really it sets back things even worse than what it could be. Oh yeah, and you're setting a bad a precedent, which Auburn already has a precedent of not doing their coaches very well, or then doing yeah. them too well, and then doing them bad poorly. <laughs> it's they're they're very yeah, wishy washy. So you you do this, you're only uh, I think you're only hurting yourself. Yeah, who who well. who's going to want to come? What big name is going to want to come to Auburn when they know they're going to have they ain't going to get great treatment. They're going to have pressure all the time, um, which, I mean, it's a head coaching job. You're going to have pressure no matter where you are, whatever. But not really have the support that yeah, you truly need. Yeah, that's the issue. Not have, you're, you're by yourself on that island. You don't have yeah. people backing you up, defending you. You've got them breathing down your neck as well. So, yeah, no, that's that's a valid. You, I've, like I've always said in my personal life, I value low-stress environment way more than I do high salary. I know a lot of people oh, don't yeah. feel that way. But yeah. uh, I think most people, at the very least, value low stress. <laughs> so, oh, um, yeah. you know, whatever. We do need to move on, though, Justin, to your new and fun segment, Professor Knights. Hey. All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. What are we learning today, Professor? What are we learning today, Professor? Welcome to my classroom. So, you know, today, we're just going to get a little intro to what we're doing. Is maybe something new we learned, maybe some crazy facts, sports history. Um, maybe sometimes it's just some history, general knowledge history, you know, Ooh. mix it up a little bit. But today, okay. we're just going to get you int- uh, introduced. So we're just going to do today in sports history, February 6th. Let's look back on three events that happened today on February 6th. First one we're going to get, 2011, you have the Super Bowl. Uh, you had the Packers versus the Steelers, where the Packers won 31-25. MVP was Aaron Rodgers. Um, that was his one great playoff success. And after that, has been many playoff successes for him. But, hey, he got the one Super Bowl. So congratulations, Aaron Rodgers, on this day in history. And Steelers' last Super Bowl appearance, is that right? I think so. Uh, I think so, yeah, because when, when they beat the Cardinals, that was um, a couple years that before, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the last time they made the Super Bowl. So, yes, poor Steelers. I mean, Steelers are expected to go every year, so. Mm. All right, 1995, this day in history. MLB outfielder uh, Daryl Strawberry, he was suspended from baseball for 60 days. For positive cocaine test. Mm, isn't that mm. always lovely? Get a nice. What co- year was that? That was 1995. Okay. I think we did 94 and he had some issues then that year. Yeah, too. so it's been an ongoing, it was an ongoing thing for him. Yeah. And when that. I say we did 94, I'm talking about our other podcasts uh, ranked, which will be linked in the description if you'd like to listen. And one other event that happened today. This was, you know, we don't really cover much soccer. But uh, this was 1958, February 6th. You had the Munich um, air crash where 21 died. Um, mm-hmm. Eight players and three staff are from Manchester United football team. So I, I know that's an event they, you know, I think they acknowledge every year um, in remembrance of what happened. I think, you know, it was, it was in equivalence to what happened to um, Marshall football team and the plane crash there when they, yeah. a lot of their players died. Um See so that was that was 1958 on February 6th on this day, but yeah, um, so that was a couple of events that happened today in sports history. Um, so you know, for this segment, we'll do a little bit of that. 
maybe something, um, just one sport-related thing that happened, um, or maybe something interesting that you may not have known. Maybe next or week we can uh, we can have a special Super Bowl. Ah, see, tonight. we can do some Super Bowl facts, which that's always cool. Like I know, um, you know, when we've talked, when we've discussed some facts before, just me and you, Nick. Uh, we did. Uh, we talked about some Cotton Bowl stats. Uh, that was pretty neat. Um, so yeah, I think Super Bowl. Learn some things about the Super Bowl would be great. But yeah, I mean, it could be things going on like uh, March Madness when that's coming up. We'll talk about some March Madness facts, or um, maybe like the World Series or stuff like that. Yeah, or you know what? I could just bring up some general knowledge, like some history. Some good Heck, history. You could even lie. You could just tell us a false fact. Nobody's going to look into it, are they? That's yeah, true. Yeah. Hey, Abraham Lincoln is still alive, and he's slaying vampires right this moment. Great. So, good on him. He, des- yeah. he deserves to. If he, that's what he wants yeah. to do, good on him. Yeah, he's living a fulfilling life. Thank you, Professor Knight, for a lovely new segment. And we do need to transition into our other new segment. Uh, for those long listeners, you may be familiar with the TG Emmys Award we do once a year. We're going to start doing uh, many TG Emmys every week. So uh, we're going to give out a few awards every week in uh, our new TG Emmys Award segment. So let's get started. drop the first award here i have a personal award justin has a personal award and then we have uh a few that we will do every week so my personal award goes uh this is for boldest claim of the week and it goes to brian harson who said during his aforementioned interview with espn that quote certainly i'm the right man for the job there's no doubt about it no one is going to have a better plan than i do very bold Mm -hmm. for a coach who had a losing season just lost his coordinator, starting quarterback, some of his best receivers to the portal, and didn't add a single play on National Signing Day. But, good on him. That is very bold. <laughs> Trust the process. Mm. Um, hey, well, I love your award there, because uh, mine is, wants to be successful, but sets everybody up for failure. The Auburn football program. Way to go, guys. <laughs> nice job. Wow. Auburn um, doubled up. <laughs> Yes, they did. Um, this is, like we said, this has been a thing for years now. Um, you know, they, they talk about, oh, we want to be this kind of program. We want to have this kind of success. We want to change, you know, we have great culture. When the culture there sucks and it's set up for failure and losing. And, I mean, let's just go ahead and say it. Auburn might as well just be a basketball school now. Mm. I mean, but not just a basketball school, maybe a gymnastics Maybe tennis, women's tennis, uh, men and women swimming. I mean, we're looking pretty good in a lot of overall sports, except football, the main sport that <laughs> Auburn wants to be known for. Money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, wait, hey, Auburn athletic, Auburn uh, football program, great job. Uh, now we're going to do our high school athlete of the week. These, uh, this is something that's going to be kind of a local award since we're going to be on that uh, WGLX 101.5, a local Jasper station. This one goes to Oakman Wildcat Denzel Chapman, the 6'395 pound wide receiver slash DB, signed with New Mexico Military Institute on Thursday. So congrats, hey, Denzel. That's congratulations. awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, if you can sign with any college just in general, 
you are quite an athlete. Like that, oh. I think that that's not recognized enough. Some people say, "Oh, well, if you go to a D two or D two three school or whatever, anybody can do that." No, no that's crap. No, they can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, especially you. There's so many athletes. I know you don't see it as much as football, but like baseball, golf. Um, there's a lot of athletes that come from D two, D three, or JUCO schools. Um that are so successful once they make it into the, the professional the sport that they're playing. Um, so it really doesn't matter what college you're going to. Or look at Cooper Cup. The dude went to a D2, D3 college, um, Eastern Washington, and now he just had one of the best uh, seasons as a wide receiver in all time. Oh, um, yeah. The NFL's so, full of guys like that. Yeah, yeah so it, it doesn't really matter where you're playing at. Um, if you're signing somewhere, that means you're legit and you're going to have you know success. Well, congratulations again to Denzel. That is uh, that's really cool. That's awesome. Uh, our next award, best of the week, uh, and this is kind of this is an award just for kind of the best thing of the week that one of us have seen. I uh, I'm, I picked here uh, Auburn's Wendell Green Jr., who scored a season high 23 points in their win against Alabama. He also recorded eight rebounds and six assists. Uh, yeah. He had a he had a crazy game, didn't he? Yeah, um, he shot the ball very well. Um, like I said, the crazy thing is, is he doesn't start. He comes off the bench because Zepp Jasper's, you know, starting. Jasper's a great defensive point guard, and then Wendell Green is is your scorer. Um, so it's a great combo that they have. But yeah, he played great against Alabama, um, Georgia. He played. He had a great first half. Didn't shoot the ball very well, but he had the winning shot in the final seconds. Had the winning layup uh, to put Auburn up seventy four seventy two, and you know won him the game. So you know him he's done a great job and just think, you know, he was a transfer from uh, not a big time school and um, he's been awesome. But yeah, he had a fantastic week. Yeah, he definitely did. And, he, and he's had a fantastic season. Just He sure has. Season, yeah. He, so. Whatever uh six man of the year awards they have for college, he should be up for it. He should easily win it. Yeah. And our last award of the Knights here, Bust of the Week, and it is exactly what it sounds like, the opposite of Best of the Week. It's just hmm. maybe the worst or dumbest thing we saw this week. And uh, I think we can both agree, Justin, that this would have to go to Jim Harbaugh for blowing that interview, mm. wasting nine hours of his life, and missing out on what is one of the most important days of recruiting of the entire offseason. <laughs> I mean, nine hours. Just think about that. You think you think if you have a nine-hour interview, it's, you know, it's going great. We're doing a lot of great things. Maybe we're out, you know, at an event too. Because um, hopefully you're not nine hours just in an office. I don't know what in the world you're doing for that long. Um, yeah, that's longer but, than a. I imagine. I imagine you go. You look at all the facilities. Yeah. You meet the other staff. You probably you probably check out the field, and they probably take you to a nice restaurant, a couple nice restaurants. I imagine it's not a painful experience, but that's longer than an average work day. Like no, hours. if. If someone's taking me for nine hours for an interview, they better be offering me the job. That's all I'm saying. It'd have to be quite a, and I and this I was gonna say it'd have to be quite a high quality job. And of course, an NFL head coaching job is, but yep. <laughs> not many jobs could say, "Hey, we're going to bring you in for a nine hour interview." And I'd go, uh, "No." <laughs> I'd, I'd be like, "Look, you better be paying. You better be offering me the job after the nine hours, and you better be paying me a million dollars." How about just uh, talk to you on Zoom for twenty minutes? Is that fine? <laughs> we do that. <laughs> I mean, that's the average interview is probably is like twenty twenty five minutes. Yeah, I mean, and just I know for, for a this, normal job, I know for this you got to be sure, right? You got to you got to yeah. really. But do you need? I mean, I guess they did need nine hours because it took nine hours, and they went, nah, never mind. 
Yeah, I would. I would. I would leave so frustrated. Yeah. Uh, I bet he didn't sleep that night. He probably doesn't ever sleep because he's Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, he's a lunatic, isn't he? Yeah. I've never. Yeah. Just thinking back about when he wouldn't let his players eat chicken or whatever. What? Yeah. You were you were a professional athlete. You didn't eat chicken. How? How'd you do that? Yeah, I mean, I would say chicken is high. It's a good protein. How are you not eating chicken? Yeah. I couldn't do. I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't be a professional athlete regardless. But if I also couldn't add eating chicken into that, that's crazy. No way. <laughs> no way. No. Okay. Well, uh, we did get an email this week. If you would like to message the show, uh, gamemanagerspod at gmail dot com or at TGM Pod on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Reach us there. Um, this email comes from Lucas uh, Lucas Miller, and Lucas writes. Evening, fellas. If Auburn uh, fires Harson, how many games do they win next year? Thanks, Lucas. Very good question. Uh, but to answer this, Justin, I think let's go through those three names that we mentioned earlier, and say, I guess, I guess we'll say how confident we are that they would win as many games. Right. So. Okay. Uh, let me find that list very quickly here. Okay. And okay, so Harson right now. I'm expecting him to win six to seven games this coming season. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting to be... Oh, so if they kept Harson, if, if they kept Harson, I'll go ahead and put that one out there, too. Let's say if so, they kept him, um, which is what it looks like will happen. I think it's... I'll say seven wins. I'll say it's one win better. Let's pull up the schedule here, too. I'm, I'm pulling it up now. Um, so they start out with... They start out with Mercer. That's a win. Uh, San Jose State, that's two wins. So they got two right off the bat. Uh, then they host Penn State. That could be interesting. Yeah, I think... I don't really know what Penn State's supposed to have next season. Um, but I think being at home... Um, I don't know. I mean, they should win, being at home. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, say then, win. then they host Missouri. That's one of the... SEC champion or the SEC games you want to try to grab? Obviously, I mean you want to get them all, but that's an easier one, right? Yeah. Um, then you're hosting LSU. That's how does Auburn's Auburn's first four games are at home? That's crazy. No, first three, five, five games are at home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even LSU. I don't really know what to expect from LSU either. Um, especially having Brian Kelly, and then you know I don't know. What kind of guys they're bringing in? I know they've made some good signings. Um, I don't really know for that one. I feel like that one could go either way. Then you're at Georgia. That's loss. Uh, at Ole Miss, loss. Uh, hosting Arkansas. They're good last year. Uh, yeah, I mean they they beat them last year on the road. So coin flip I don't know. on that one. Yeah. At Mississippi State, uh, loss. Texas A&M at home. Loss. Uh, host Western Kentucky. Win. And at Alabama. Loss. So what am I at? Seven? <laughs> I think you're at seven, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like that's, you know, seven's probably going to be the number. Um, okay, so if he's fired, let me, I'll go ahead and go through this right now. Rhett Lashley, um, I'll say uh, five wins. Uh, Kevin Steele. Five wins, um, and then Matt Rule five wins. Um, <laughs> I just think 
it'll probably be the same no matter who you bring in because, look, there's plenty of players defending Harson. What do you think is going to happen when they fire him? Those guys, I don't know. I mean, it, a lot of guys, you know, are true to Auburn. You know, they're not going to leave no matter what. You're going to have guys leave, especially guys that he did recruit and bring in. They might say, hey, never mind, I'm going to go somewhere else. So that's going to set things back. I think the team is going to be either around, if he's fired, four or five wins. Yeah. No matter who I, I don't. You just, you just set things back. I know there's a lot of crap going on, and recruiting's not great right now. But, you know, there's like I said, he hadn't been set up for a lot of su- successful things. Um, give him this season. I think if he wins seven games, look, it's one more win than you were last year. Great. You know, you're improving. That's all that matters. And then I think what the big question is going to be, though, is what is that 2023 recruiting class going to look like? And if it's top 10, you just had seven wins, you know, you got some good guys coming in, okay, you never know. Maybe he's really setting up something, you know, changing the culture, setting the team up for success. So um, I just think you fire him, you're really setting things back. And then it's just it's, it's question mark. It's like, okay, what, what do they really want? What do they really want to do? What kind of culture do they want? For Auburn football, um, so either way, I think it doesn't matter who they hire; it's going to be the same result. Yeah, I think I'm about to say I think maybe Kevin Steele could slide into that a little easier than the others, just because he's familiar yeah. with the program, the names. Yeah. Maybe he could grab a win or two that the other two would have a hard time doing. Um, what I'll say is, yeah, if if Harson stays, I think they have a winning season next year. I don't think it's a great season. I don't think it's even no a very good season. I think it's seven wins, maybe eight. Maybe you sneak another one out. If you if you if you got one of these other guys, I think you have a losing record. Um, yeah. Now we're wrong because every day. Every time we do one of these episodes, we're wrong. Yeah. But uh, I could see. I mean, just if you're asking me, if I had to put money on it, that's probably what I would say, right? Yeah, because I mean, you're already on the fringe with this guy. Um, uh, you're really on the fringe of having even a winning season next year. I mean, you could go six and seven again. That's definitely possible as well. So, what do you think is going to happen? You fire him, and you bring somebody else in. I mean, that's just, like I said, it throws everything off. It's going to be even worse. Um, Look, I know Auburn football wants to be something. They want to have a consistent program. I mean, we've consistently been average most seasons, you know, eight wins, eight or nine wins. Um, But, you know, it's never going to get to a certain point with you're expecting this out of coach or – this is how you treat one coach when he's here. Um, culture's going to be that. It's just going to be the same stuff that we've gone through where Auburn's going to have that one season, that one outlier, or a couple of them where, hey, they win the national championship or they make it there. And the other seasons are just going to be, okay, eight wins, seven wins, maybe a nine, ten win season, but you know you lose some games you weren't supposed to. Um, so that's, that's just Auburn football, and I don't see – how they ever will ever change the culture to be even just to be like a Georgia, you know, cause even before Georgia won the national championship this previous season, I mean, Georgia was still every single year competing and at least making it to the SEC championship. They may not have been winning the SEC championship or the national championship, but they have at least been competing for years. Even when, um, what's his face was there. I mean, they still had pretty good teams. Mark Rick, that's what you're talking about? Yeah, when Mark Rick was there. I mean, they still had teams that were competing for the SEC championship. So, you know, um, 
and it's just tough, especially now. I mean, just think all the coaches Auburn has to compete against now in the West. You got Jimbo, Saban, Brian Kelly, um, Lane Kiffin. And then you got Sam Pittman. He's looking like he's a great hire. He's doing great things at Arkansas. So I mean, it's the West is tough, man. And like I said, I, I don't really ever know what to expect from Auburn football. Look, would it surprise you if they pulled a incredible season coming up and they somehow win nine games, maybe even double digits? Um, it's, you know, it was like 2010 year. They weren't expected to do that. Um, but when you have Cam Newton, it's a little different. Or even 2013, they come off a 3-9 and nine season and then they go to the National Championship. So, you know, a lot of times Auburn thrives on being kind of underappreciated or not expected to do much. So maybe this is great. Maybe all this doubting coming in, uh, Harson's not going to do a great job. Maybe it completely changes everything. I have no idea. But more than likely, we'll have seven wins. <laughs> well, we have a long time to speculate about it in the off season. But we will keep an eye on the Brian Harson news. Um, it's a place you can find that news as soon as it happens, if it does happen. Uh, TheGameManagers.com. We have a new uh, news segment anytime uh, some of the bigger websites post any of their articles. We got them right there, uh, all collected for you. So you can go there, keep an eye on the news. It updates um, on its own. Uh, we also have all our podcasts there. Uh, the Game Managers, like you're listening to now, and ranked the most iconic years in sports history where me and Justin every week pick one random year and look at all the uh, big sports moments that happened in it. It's pretty fun. I like that show. Yeah, I love um, it. If you want to find us on Facebook, TGM Pod, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And if you want to write a letter like Lucas did, GameManagersPod at gmail.com. Yeah, thank uh, you, Lucas. Yeah, thank you, Lucas. But I think that wraps up the show. Uh, Justin, your birthday's coming up. You excited? Hey, yeah, it is. Hmm. I mean, I won't say what date it is just to keep everybody on their toes. It's just coming up. It could be in November for all we know. It's it's coming up. It will happen at some point this year, or it has already happened at some point this year, and that's mm. something we can guarantee. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Wiggle anyways, guys. Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut! Thank you for listening to The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara. Sayonara.